0: Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 60. Can an emergency hospital for wild animals help clarify your life mission? It's my conversation with Phil Jenny, the executive director of the Minnesota Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. This conversation is the epitome of why I do this podcast. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On oh, no a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> you talking to me? Who are you?
1: Ah, quiz, hot ah, shot. You me to call
0: This is hilarious, by the way. Because are we just constantly? Is this the Robin Sarah Dinner Podcast?
2: Yeah, you have bad timing, and I work all day.
0: If you he, if you're listening to this right now, and you hear sizzling in the background, a gentle uh, pitter patter of oil hitting the wall of our kitchen. Come home, and I help you with your podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's this, the dynamic. Also, that uh, that laugh I'm gonna just say right now. That laugh was a forced podcast Do- laugh. Can you kind of tell? Go. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on. laughs> <laughs> there are microphones in front of us <laughs> we have a perfect marriage
2: <laughs> it's like a real toothy open mouth but like tense
0: <laughs> my teeth are out and i love my wife <laughs> we record conversations <laughs> okay yeah let's get to it but they're I'm,
2: very clean teeth
0: oh thank you for those all right let me let me pull this in to some uh resemblance of oh before i do uh do you want to get us
2: mm. I'm thirsty, yeah.
0: Let me rephrase that. I'll intro this, and you start pouring us againness. Guinness. Mm. For those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast, where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do, to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sarah.
1: Someone's scratching on the couch.
0: Oh my gosh. Shutter. This... This is how it works. Sarah has left the table, stirring dinner. What are you making?
2: What a riveting question, Rob. Thanks for asking. I'm making some (laughs) salmon, some crispy potatoes, and some zucchini.
0: Mm. I'm gonna throw this in there. We have a ton of Guinness swag.
2: Right. Uh,
0: (laughs) We've got some hats, we've got some key jams, just a bunch of swag. Here's here's my request. If you want to help support this podcast, you can do so by just opening up your phone, go to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe on this podcast. Five stars only. And by doing that, you really help the podcast move along. Okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna wrap this up, but I want to say, as goofy as this sounds, Guinness actually has a lot to do with today's episode. If you have been following along with the podcast, you know that this year I set out a goal that I ended up changing my mind Mm -hmm. because here's a little side note uh, for you. If you decide to do something, you have permission to change your mind. Yes. Set out, try something, see if things work. I feel like we, this is a whole side thing, but I feel like sometimes sometimes I feel like we live in a world that does not accept the fact that people change their mind. (laughs) I say all this because... Uh, earlier this year, I started something. I did daily Guinness episodes where I said for an entire year, I'm going to drink a Guinness every day, and record a daily podcast episode. So for three months, I drank a Guinness every day, and it was crazy because
2: ninety like some Guinness. Gin-I.
0: Yeah, Guinness. Oh, it was it was like hundred and thirty because some of those days I was having with friends. You have a couple. Or- <laughs> we found ourselves in cologne germany frankfurt i was in the bahamas i was in these other countries hunting down guinness it was great although i realized i this is a, this is a fun thing maybe i will maybe i'll still find a way to continue to do it uh but i don't think this can be a daily thing it wasn't that i got sick of guinness because i still enjoyed drinking every day i got sick of the requirement to find it yeah. You know, and shape my day around it. So, all that to say, the reason I started doing the daily podcast episodes, in which I'm going to continue to do, I'm calling them daily Guinness episodes. It was me wondering if by doing a podcast every day, could I change my own definition of curiosity from a noun to a verb to an adjective to a way I live my life in a more curious way, open to being genuinely curious about the world around me. All that to say, I started, it's changed the way I started looking at things. So, an example of that is this episode. My friend Mike Michael, who I actually interviewed for this podcast, did you listen to that episode? Probably not. Which one? It was uh, the. It was, I, I think It was question number thirty-five, and the question was, "What if the human brain wasn't designed for modern noise?" It was nope, a fascin- didn't listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. But it was a fascinating. That com- interesting. Yeah, it, it is super interesting. I would recommend you listen to it. Question number thirty-five. It's with a friend of mine, Mike Michael, which is but-
2: the best name ever.
0: Oh yeah. Such a badass name. A few weeks ago, he reposted a Facebook story mm. uh, that I think the original poster was the Minnesota Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, mm-hmm. and they were, they had posted a story that they had taken in. I think it was like a bobcat or some Ooh. wild cat animal that they took in, but it was just it was just your normal hey we. This just normal one of your friends reposts an yeah. interesting story.
2: Just like uh, the random stuff that scrolls through your feet every day that you don't always engage with.
0: Yes, but because I've been in this frame of mind yeah. about living a more curious life, I dove into it beyond even just checking out the headlines or reading the story. I went to the website and checked out and said, it's crazy that in the Twin Cities in St. Paul, the metro area, we have a wildlife rehabilitation center. Essentially, it is a veterinary clinic. For wild animals, and do they
2: pick them up, or do you have to bring them in? I forget.
0: I don't know what happened to Bobcat. No. Right when I showed up, someone brought in a baby bunny that I think had been hit by a car.
2: Mm. I wish I had been there for this interview. I would have loved it. Well, I would have asked even better questions than you.
0: I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because uh, through the golden age of recording technology that we are have today you too can feel like you were no, there oh
2: <laughs> gosh
0: and you can listen to one of these episodes oh me. is
2: that what we're doing right now anyway <laughs> so
0: she brought in this rabbit that she stopped in the middle of highway to play i think it was a rabbit
2: oh people are good there are good people out there
0: yes and so i asked her i said hey can i ask you a couple questions yeah. I is this never, a thing you do yeah i've done this before how did you hear yeah. about the minnesota wildlife rehabilitation center it's fascinating uh so I asked her a couple questions about it I'm Rob by the way
2: summers summers okay yes. what
0: happened uh, what happened that you found this rabbit
2: so I was um, driving I had a tattoo consultation of course um, anyways I was on the phone and I yeah. seen its head up and it was just dragging its body across the road and then I was like shit and I got into the other lane to like you turn around and yes. of course as I'm watching all the other cars zip past it and it like a uh, big truck went over it, or, you know, as it was still sitting. Oh, yes. Then it made it to the next lane, and all the other cars missed it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I got a U-turn yeah. once more, and then I got in front of it, you know, and then... It kept kind of running from the car, so I yeah. got off to the side of the road, and then Ugh. I had a box in the yes. back of my car.
0: You and, are a yeah. badass. No, i <laughs> just <laughs> just, <laughs> just whipping the just whipping the car around. And they're
2: like, "Don't out of my d- way. Get yourself in yes. you know situations." Yes. But of course, I was like, "Oh my god." Oh man, it would have been if, yeah. if it got hit again, it would have probably been a bl- you know. Yeah. I don't know. I was kind of it's a, it's giving
0: like, an option. Where yeah. if it's stuck there, it's for sure and a goner. If it yes. had to
2: get smashed, then it at least it would have been fast. but
0: okay, so how did you hear about this? Oh, um, is this like on your radar of yes. okay, because this is new to me, the rehab center. It's oh, so cool.
2: It is super cool. So my aunt, um, I grew up with my aunt working yeah. the wildlife department at the Golden Valley Humane Society. yeah, so, um, I started just doing transports for her and yeah. stuff, and then I got my wildlife um, permit to, do, to, to yeah. do like wildlife rehab through the through the DNR. And then I've worked with them, done squirrels with these guys, and then I have... There's another organization that I had worked through learning, and yeah. I did like raccoons and stuff, so that what? was cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: this is so cool! Yeah! Okay, it was nice to meet you. I cannot even begin to describe how pumped i was leaving this conversation i felt so yeah. energized he even goes into talking about one of the most troubling trends the quote he said in this is that one of the most troubling trends i see is the decline of the liberal arts i'm not, I'm not even gonna say it. that I'm sounds not, good I'm, just yeah. leave the quote be i'm not even i'm not even gonna explain more about this i'm just so excited to introduce all of you to phil jenny a new friend of mine before we dive into this as always Links to the Minnesota Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, the things we talk about in this episode, and the podcast hotline, where you can call, leave a message, and share some of your thoughts about this conversation or others you've been listening to. That's all in the show notes. So here's my conversation with Phil Jenny. When I came in, you said that you aren't... um... I guess I'm just fascinated right now with assumptions. So when you when you mm-hmm. meet people in this day and age, uh, we were chatting online, and I guess my first assumption would be, well, you have a background in wildlife mm-hmm. that has to, because yeah. why, how could you be doing this without that? But you said it's not.
1: Right. What is your right. background in? Well, my background is, is pretty unique, actually. Okay. I grew up as in a small nursery greenhouse in central yeah. Wisconsin, and then I went to a Ripon College and okay. majored in history and came up to the twin cities to go to graduate school in British history particularly Elizabethan expansion so i was a i was a tutor historian and then uh, about a couple years into my graduate work i was a distance runner at the same time too in the in the mid 70s yeah. and i i had to, it was a, kind of a one of these curious stories where i'd take the bus to the u and there was a little bit of a lag, so I would there. And there was a new uh, shoe resoling company that had opened up on the McAllister campus. Yeah. And so I would wait there for the bus, and I got to be friends with a guy who was a runner there named Steve Hogue, and uh, we then uh, became partners yeah. and started a running store. And really? so it was called Running World originally on Grand Avenue. Okay. And it was devoted to this really burgeoning new sport of distance running.
0: Yes. And
1: in those days, you know, there were very few of us who ran all winter long. If you, see, if you saw somebody running down Summit Avenue there was in something 1976, wrong. <laughs> no, you knew them. Because oh, you knew that? Them. Okay, <laughs> okay. So I, I, was, I, was, I was
0: assuming I was feeling the blanks of, you saw e- someone running, you know they're running from e- something. E- every, everybody <laughs> else thought <laughs> yeah.
1: that. I mean, I can uh, remember running uh, back in the... in. Near my hometown, a rural community in Wisconsin, yeah. and farmers would stop and ask me if I needed a ride because they, could, they couldn't. They couldn't believe yes. that anybody would. You didn't work hard yes. enough. If you if you had enough energy to go out for yes. a run, you just didn't work hard oh, enough that funny. day. So I uh, I ended up uh, just out of good fortune working for an organization called the Citizens League. Okay, it's a public policy research organization. Mm-hmm. Um, in the its heyday in the seventies and the eighties. uh really d- did a lot of work on creating the culture of what the Twin Cities political and civic culture was like, the, okay. whole, the so-called uh, uh, Minnesota way. Yeah. And a lot of innovations, especially in um, school reform, like the Post-Secondary Options Act, the uh, open enrollment, yeah. charter schools, all of those were incubated in, in our Citizens League committees. Um, and so I did that for quite a few years. Uh, and then um, I, uh, I really just ran uh, a friend of mine who used to be a colleague of mine at the Citizens League, mm-hmm. sent me out of the blue uh, a um, job description for the executive director of the Wildlife Rehab Center. Yeah, And uh, I took a look at it, and her thing was she did what, you know, job search people do is send it out to her colleagues and said, you know if you know of anybody yeah, exactly. send them our way. Yeah. And I looked at it and I thought, um, I don't really know anybody. It's outside, you know, my uh, interest and comfort level. But yeah. then I looked at it and thought, this is this seems like a really cool organization. Yeah. So um I, I told her I was kind of interested, and then uh, I decided that the timing wasn't right for me to leave the Citizens League, ran into her yeah. about a month later, said, how'd your search go for that uh, that organization? said, funny you should ask, we didn't find anybody we like, we've reopened the search. And I'll schedule you at two o'clock on Friday <laughs> afternoon because you're coming in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. that's right. So uh, she followed yes. up on it. Uh, I
1: went in, and the place was a disaster. We had a con- <laughs> we were in a <laughs> condemned building on the okay. university campus. Sure. And uh, but what was what was so clear to me is I met with a couple of board members, and they were really, really top-notch people. I, yeah. In fact, I often wondered why were these people involved in this. Kind of struggling organization yes
0: the the state of the organization doesn't match the quality of the people no and the uh, no the level of your yeah whether I can totally see that yeah Yeah. and then
1: the other thing that was uh, unique I think is that the mission was so clear and when when I, you know, I spent 16 years, we always talked about the elevator mission. In, in the first three floors of an elevator, can you tell somebody what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're doing um, using volunteers committee for public policy research on transportation tax policy, people's eyes glaze over <laughs> yes. very, very quickly. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but then if you say, oh, yeah, we're an emergency vet at a hospital for wild animals... I mean that what could be simpler? It's just yes. such a powerful but simple mission.
0: That that is fascinating because that is such a huge problem that people have mm-hmm. is clarifying it's it just so foreign and hard for people to say, Well, how do I tell people what do you do for a living? Yeah. And on the inside you we are looking at well, these are all the subcategories of what it is we do, and all the things that go into making this process, and the things that make people's eyes glaze over. Yeah, right. But being clear on finding a way that is um, succinct mm-hmm. and maybe some sort of entertaining or engaging, or like that would, add, to me, I guess you, I would think your goal would be to make someone sit want to say, oh, tell me more about that. That's, That's fascinating. Exactly right. Yep. How would you, maybe this is, this is a side tangent. I'm just curious, how, yeah. if someone uh, was coming to you and they said, I have a hard problem saying what it is I do or clarifying the mission mm-hmm. uh, statement or my elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, what, do you have a first couple of steps or questions you ask someone or guidelines to guide, direct them into clarifying yeah. that?
1: First of all, what, what's your core? What what are your core values? What what is it that you do? And then all the other stuff that people put into their whether it's flowery language or a bunch of different things to attract donors, kind of falls by the wayside because if you're not really, if you if if you can't really say what your core competency is and what the problem is that you're addressing. Um, you'll have difficulty. So it really forces people to say, oh, what is it that yes. we do? You yes. Know? Are we... I love that. And you see that throughout mm-hmm. business history mm-hmm. too with the, uh, you, you know, in, instead of thinking, the railroads, instead of thinking, oh, we're in the railroad business, you know, wait a minute, no, we're in the transportation business. That's a whole different thing. Yes. You know, and it opens up different places and it
0: gives you a little bit of an umbrella that you can filter things through. Oh, interesting. Okay, it's interesting that you mentioned filter because as you're speaking, my mind goes straight to the thought of expand, the goal being to expand because mm-hmm. I, when you when you say the railroad business, you instantly limit yourself mm-hmm. to the availability, but also you're what you just said is interesting to me in that it helps focus you as well. Yep. Not just that it's all about expansion. Right. Um, right. Where do you find the balance between the need between uh, exp- thinking big and mm-hmm. how, how much work, uh, expansion, whatever a uh, business is in, and the need to be hyper-focused on yeah. what it is you do?
1: I think that's one of the things that nonprofits, particularly founders of nonprofits, in some ways, uh, think of business as a as a dirty word, mm. and it's not. Yes. I mean, it's the same principles. You just have different stakeholders, yes. you know, different shareholders, if you will. Yes, but the the thinking has to be the same. And and I think unless you really know it, what it is that you do mm. and focus on those things, I often uh, uh, because of Tudor stewart history, the um, um, Oliver Cromwell, um, and who's uh, in some circles not a, a really very uh, favored guy, but <laughs> but if you think about the transition in that period in how um armies worked and how wars were fought previous it was usually somebody who had an allegiance to somebody else you know there was a, mm-hmm. there was a fiefdom or or whatever whatever it was um really with with uh, the English revolution it was the first time when there was an idea that people had Um, allegiance to it wasn't me or you it was an idea and that's new at that time Mm -hmm. and Cromwell when they asked him about and he had this thing called the new model army and they they asked him who he wanted for that new model army and he said uh, people who know what they're fighting for and love what they know (sighs) yes and you think about that that just distills it down you know what business you're in and you love that business,
0: yes, oh, that's so good, yeah that's really because is. that 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 crosses that crosses uh, it doesn't matter if you are a freelancer or yeah. you uh, a nonprofit or a business. Yeah. I think the biggest misconception I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking selfishly in my world that uh, I've been in for years of music. the biggest misconception is people want to look at themselves as artists, right I, mm-hmm. I, I just want to work for myself. Yeah. And what people don't realize is if, you're, if someone is paying you, you no longer work for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're self-employed, well, that just means now instead of one boss that's sending you a W2, now you have a hundred yeah. that you have to. And so what is your voice? What's your mission? Mm-hmm. What is it that you love about that? That's right. Because then, I mean, I just, I just, I'm, you're saying this, I'm thinking about the years wasted of not clarifying my, what is it mm. that I actually do? Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. And then the thing that I think helps is when you do then get bombarded mm-hmm. by all these competing mm-hmm. visions and loves yeah. uh, whatever it is you're able to decide you can you can kind of you can filter those down to say how does it fit with this mission so and as a perfect example we're you know we're considered a, a wildlife uh, company mm-hmm. you know, a wildlife organization so therefore we should take a stand on um, whether there ought to be a sandhill crane hunting season. Um, or whether morning doves should be hunted or what about leg hold traps you know there's yeah. all this stuff and um, you know and, and everybody the the new stadium with yeah. the birds well why aren't we there yeah and, and I say we're an emergency hospital for wild animals yes and that says no, that's not. It'd be like if the hospitals were all of a sudden deciding that, well, people shouldn't drive cars because people get injured.
0: Yes. Uh, or, oh, yes.
1: <laughs> so yeah. it really, you know, it's a, and it keeps us from having to chase money because yeah. we know what our business is. Yeah. And we try to find the people who love what we do. And, uh, and if we can't find enough people to
0: support what we do, we should be out of business. Oh, interesting. That's, that's fascinating. Um, oh man, there's so many things you just said that that way, that one, one (laughs) statement that is so heavy to me, because I think that I couldn't agree with that more that if you, um, if, if you are attempting to be right for everybody, you'll Hmm. be right for nobody. That's right. It's a big belief I have. Yeah. Uh, and there, I think how much of that for you comes down to confidence issue, uh, make confidence that what we're doing matters the mm-hmm. right people will find us yeah um yeah well i think that that yes I, and i think that partly
1: is um speaks to the where i see the world right yeah. now and see how um mores and values are changing and as we become more uh urbanized and yeah. i think that that's that tells me that there there is in fact a market for what we do yes and i think that as as we explore that and more and more people come to us and and write to us and we see the impact we mm. have on people who are saving a, a a rabbit, and frankly, yeah. there's a lot of rabbits. You there know, are a lot re- of rabbits. Yes, It's really are. not yes. a need to have yes. more rabbits. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> in fact, my Scottish terrier thinks there ought to be fewer rabbits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to
0: show this uh, real quick. That is funny. There are no, we are not in a, uh, a rabbit drought.
1: Right? <laughs> no, right we're now. not. No, uh, we're not. So that makes me then think more broadly about what we do. Um, too, and that that yeah that'll, that's all right I'll say like that it, in more it, both by we focused our mission down but then if you start to broaden out in um, the values part what mm. what it really um, tells me is that um, we do something beyond just helping rabbits and squirrels even though that's what we do um, people, obviously relate to it we people cry in our lobby we get Mm. they send us money with thank you notes um and we're supposed to be sending the thank you notes out so and i and i think too that that's that's um um one of the the things that i've thought about is when i first started i i really didn't know whether there would be enough people who really see the value in saving squirrels and yes. whether we would be able to have enough money to do that. And so at that point, I, I, I didn't, I didn't change our mission as much as I changed um, how the mission affects people, mm. not necessarily squirrels. Yes, I mean, and so, and, and also it, at the same time that reinforces our mission. Because we're not in the population business. It's not up to us to decide whether there's enough squirrels or too many squirrels. That's not our job. Yeah. And early on, I realized that uh, be kind of like me going to the emergency room and them saying, "Oh, there's too many old white guys. We're going to let him go." Yes. Okay.
0: So yeah, there might be too many squirrels. I don't know. But that's Uh, not the
1: mission of the hospital. The hospital is to help that squirrel.
0: Yes. He is the one over our threshold. That's right. From him on
1: is out. He's the most important (laughs) thing we have is the squirrel that came in but then also Uh, it became clear to me that it was as much about the people if not more about the people than it was the squirrel uh, because the the families mm. bringing animals in, and the little kids walking up the sidewalk with their box of baby bunnies or whatever, and the the look on their face. And then you think back when you're a kid, and there was stuff that happened to you that you know made a. You probably became a musician because there was something that happened in your life when you were yes. seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah, and that's what happens with these kids. All of a sudden, it awakens them mm. to the natural world, and uh, so instead of being on their You know their phones or whatever kids are criticized for being all the time. Now they're on their backyard and they find an injured animal and they've got something that they can do with it. Yes, and I think that to me is really the the most powerful thing about what we do, and it transcends. Mm -hmm. You know whether it's a squirrel or a rabbit or an eagle or whatever it is, it it, it's more powerful than that. So it's a. I often describe it as a as really a. A simple mission with a complicated, powerful implication. Mm. And I think that that's, and now as I'm seeing it more oh, and more, so good. it really is. It's so clear to me now that, um, that this, this field is growing in leaps and browns because of cultural and demographic changes. Um, yeah both at the technology level you okay know, everybody now expects to get on their phone and have an app that to almost anything.
0: Any problem you oh, have, yep. Found what?
1: an injured animal. Yes. You put it in your Google and, yep. you know, something pops up. Yes. Know? So you expect there to be a, a yeah, service, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: You expect to be able yes. to get a ride from somebody. Yes. By just yes. Just going in. Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever I'm you hungry, want. I'm hungry.
0: Bring me food. Take me to food. That's right. Take this animal somewhere. Exactly. Yes. That's what? right.
1: So there's that that's yes. going on. Yeah. And then there's just, uh, I think, uh, and this happens a lot, I think, if you even look back in history and because of my background in history that's sort of some of the, if you think about um, uh, periods, what you see is whenever there are economic and technological changes, they're disorienting for Mm. people in those few generations that deal with that. And the response is often to go to the natural world you that's how you know the industrial revolution the response was the arts and crafts movement and and parks interesting yes rural cemeteries and all the stuff that Mm -hmm. that brought you kind of closer to nature and i think that's what's happening now too because there's you know Clearly, we've gone through some dramatic <laughs> economic and, yeah. uh, and cultural changes. And I think that that's one of the things that has seemed to remain constant over history is that people, when, they, when they're um, feeling unmoored, they tend to want to look at the natural environment as a place for peace for, peace. Uh, <sighs> And I think that's, that's the other reason I think that we're well positioned by mm-hmm. nothing that we did. I think no, these are just broad it, cultural it just, changes. It's the
0: natural, I guess, and to me, I guess it comes down to the question of how, how do we see our place in nature mm-hmm. as humans? Yeah. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So maybe yeah. I'll ask you a few more questions sure. that are just yeah, fascinated yeah. me yeah. about the organization. Okay. Uh, what's the smallest animal? The smallest thing you've Boy, seen that's in. a
1: good question. Um, probably a baby hummingbird. Baby um, hummingbird. Yeah, we get oh. actually quite a few of those. We also get you know kind of fingernail size salamanders. There's this blue spotted salamander that's pretty tiny. I'd have to say weight wise, though, it's it's either uh, like the smallest warblers mm. or or. Uh, baby hummingbirds are you they, able to treat those something that yeah, small we could, we raise baby hummingbirds they it's like putting a dime in your uh, in your palm we'll get adult warblers that yeah. weigh less than a quarter and they fly from you know the southern yes. canada to south america yes and that's how much they weigh oh. so if you just sit back and think about how magnificent yeah. that is that um, is and the, the kind of powers that they have to be able to navigate that journey safely. And uh, it's, it's, it's just fascinating. You, you really can't even, it's like looking at the stars and thinking about, you know, how overwhelmed you can mm-hmm. get if you're there looking up at the stars. In some yes. ways, that's what, that's what some of the migration patterns are. It's, it's mm-hmm. so magnificent that you just have to sit back in awe.
2: Yes. That's, that's the other yes. thing that
1: I really try to, to in, encourage us to, yes, we're a vet clinic, science, we're science-based because mm. we're a medical thing. But at the end of the day, this science can only tell you so much about mm. how these animals feel and think. I mean, we don't really know. So at some point, I think you just have to step back and say, this is magnificent. This is truly awe-inspiring yes and the
0: humility that comes from yes, that of that's right yeah yep yep what's the biggest animal you've seen coming biggest
1: life? animal let's see is uh well we've had we've had bears um probably a bear here um, in this yeah in yep. st paul yeah well no uh, we in this got clinic it, or a... at this clinic yeah. it came from i think the the last bear we got came from central minnesota somewhere yeah. so uh, we did get a actually now as i think about it there's an adult deer one time that came in yeah and that's they're pretty big
0: yeah you know? oh yeah
1: so that's probably the yeah. weight wise the biggest
0: well I'm, I, w- I would love to check out mm-hmm. and see the facility here yeah. but Say someone brings an animal and it's treated here and it's Mm -hmm. stable and you want Mm -hmm. to raise it a little more. Is that Mm -hmm. all on premises? Mostly, we we have we
1: have nurseries for baby animals so that they start. They they're actually just kicking off right now. Yeah, so we'll raise thousands of baby rabbits and squirrels Mm -hmm. and ducks and yes. uh, lots of birds, baby birds. And they, that process really involves um, trying to um, uh, really put the animal in a position to succeed by its own instincts. Mm-hmm. We can't teach those baby animals how to be that baby animal, but yeah. what we can through knowledge of, of husbandry and, yeah. and just wildlife knowledge, we can put them in a position where we think they're going to. You, you know, you, you wouldn't put a robin the food for robin up in a tree somewhere because they're ground feeders, you know. Oh, so interesting. So yeah. what you try to do is make sure you're replicating the natural world for them. And then as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, they need more space. And that's what we hmm. don't have here is sufficient space for okay. that. So we do have... Um, uh, uh, an off-site facility down in Invergrove Heights where okay. all of our ducks go so it's it's got ponds and yeah. stuff and caging so they go down there um, so and to a certain extent what we try to do is cooperate with people who have greater space so yes we, we've got some rehabbers who specialize in raising fawns so at a certain That's point cool. They'll go will send them there. So Once they're stable. Yeah, once they're stable. Once yeah. their medical care is yeah. done. Because for a healthy baby animal, they don't really need to be in a in a emergency hospital either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like going to the hospital with a cold, you know. Yeah. They, they just need an appropriate kind of enclosure yeah yeah environment that's exactly right so for the adult animals though that's a little different what we what we try to do with them is keep them as um stress-free okay every animal that's here thinks we're going to eat them
0: oh yes yeah
1: they're all stressed interesting stress as we know in human medicine is a huge huge barrier to health. And Mm -hmm. so we have to that's one of the things we have to do is minimize that stress on these adult animals. And then we have to make sure that as they grow uh, healthier, that they again have the appropriate enclosures and environments. So they're not Mm -hmm. so stressed that they're killing themselves. Yes. And then um, we have to be able to test to make sure that they're able to uh, hunt successfully whatever it is that they do to get food and stay alive mm-hmm. and then they get released uh after that so so we we don't like to keep adult animals here a day longer than they need, they need to, to be here
0: because you're almost doing them a disservice yeah by helping them too much maybe
1: killing them yeah. yeah i mean that's a, and capture myopathy is a is a something that Um, wildlife scientists are learning more and more Mm. about, too, in that uh, the actual process of capturing an animal can actually kill it. So It might be hurt, and you go and you grab it, put it in a box, and bring it here. And you take away any chances of it. Yeah, because it's kind of the equivalent of a human having a heart attack. And it, it creates changes in their in all of their internal yes. systems.
0: How do you how do you lower the stress of a wild yeah, it's animal?
1: Hard. Yeah. We try not to um, disturb it much. Mm. We try to make sure that when we're when we're rechecking it, especially mm. if it's going to if it if it's dangerous to us too, that we will actually um, we'll we'll put it under so that we can we can do whatever we need to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you you start looking at a bobcat and uh, you know, toward the end of its stay here, it's pretty nasty, you know. Yeah. It doesn't really want to have much to do with you. So yeah. <laughs>
0: we're not going to want to catch it every day. Uh, um, Cuz so. a bobcat is that's I th- I think that was the article. My friend Mike uh, had reposted and the way I heard about mm-hmm. you guys is on mm-hmm. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was
1: a Bobcat, was a Bobcat. situation. Yep right. recently Yeah, we have we have four bobcats terrifying. in the last uh, Yeah, and one we just released one uh, really I said last week up in uh, Northern Minnesota where it came from really yeah, but that's that's yeah when they get to that point where they're ready to go uh, Yeah They'll growl, and um, it's very difficult. You just kind of really throw some food in there for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you keep your distance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, where do you? Where does funding come for this? It's Is all it individual
1: donors. Uh, okay. All, it's all private funding. We don't get any money from any level of government or the university. We used mm. to be part of the university, but we split away about twenty okay. some years ago. Um, so it's and and we get you know there's some. Uh, there are some private foundations in mm-hmm. town, um, you know, particular with, uh, but they're almost all individual decisions. We don't yes. really get much money by committee, so you know, corporate
0: guidelines don't really have wild animals. Yes, and them. like you were and, saying uh, earlier, you, I, I something I would have never thought of is pushback from other people and other yeah. organizations. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, you know, so my feeling is we're we're we live in a very large mm. fairly affluent community and no. uh, cares about the environment and no. again we should be able to raise enough money from guys like you yes <laughs> to, absolutely to keep our business going and if yes. we can't then then the market has said you know this region doesn't care about it so mm. we don't we don't need the government or the St. Paul Foundation or the Minneapolis Foundation to say well we need to have this so that's that's what cuz there's not people here who
0: Oh man, that is that is the um, that is the coolest litmus test. Is this a need or not? Mm-hmm. No matter what business you're in, yeah. of not depending on not looking to a main organization. For me, I'm just selfishly looking at my music mm-hmm. and taking away of this. Mm-hmm. Not looking to a one one artist to say oh, or someone to say you know you no you're either good or you're not or you mm-hmm. should be doing this or you shouldn't. Put it into the universe mm-hmm. in an accessible yeah. way, yep. with a focus on adding value to people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And if at the end of the day it's something where the general public says this is this is cool, but we, yeah. it's not a need for it, yeah, uh, then either change. Yeah, yeah maybe that's yeah. the thing of change what you're doing,
1: or find the niche that does it, think yes. it's cool. Yes, and if it's you know, I mean, yeah. we're niche business yes. after all. We've got what are there's. Three point four million people in the Twin Cities area right yes. now, and we've got eighteen thousand donors. Well, that's yes. pretty niche, you know. Yes. <laughs> if we were uh, Target, we would we'd be out of business. Yeah, yeah. you know. That's so sure. So it's not like um, you're not, you know, you you have to pander to anything either. You can be who you are. And yeah. And uh, do that. It's kind of back to what you said when we first were talking about venues, too. Yes. Because it's exactly what you're talking about. Put put it out there. And, you know, you don't have to worry about booking agents or, you know, availability uh, or you yes. know, cutting a record uh, or whatever. Get it out there in all yes. the ways that you can get information out now.
0: Yes. Oh, that's cool. Be- and I, I love your statement because to me what this whole bigger conversation is is be true to yourself mm-hmm. and what you offer the world but do but have an understanding of the other factors out of what your narrow viewpoint of what you're passionate about under mm-hmm. but it's only by understanding how the other factors of how it can add value to other people that you can find balance between yeah well bringing put. what you do to yeah 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 yep. oh man I, I, I I'm this is, thank you for taking time yeah. to yes. sit down with me. This has been, this has been an absolute I pleasure to get to pick your brain.
1: Talking about this oh, I could, I could talk with, this way. Yes, so, Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. And
0: I, it's funny. Oh. I've had, as we were talking, I've had to stop myself because there's so many things. Oh, I could, I could, I would love to pick your brain to hear about art history <laughs> yeah, right. and history yeah. and business. Oh, there's so many different factors, but yeah. this, uh, you, uh, what I find so inspiring from you right now in this moment is that to see someone. I, I think what I'm finding is solidarity. I like music, but I also like these other I'm interested yeah. in business. I'm yeah. interested in other yeah, yeah, arts. Yeah. And I found in my conversation with you the solidarity to say, Oh, that's all these things can feed each other. Yeah,
1: the, there's so many ways that skills transfer across yes. silos. Yeah, we don't we need to don't need to think in these mm. narrow ways because people didn't used to do that. either. Yeah. It's one of my big things with the, the higher ed system now that you see these people saying, well, if you're going to have this debt, you you really do need to come out being able to put that education to good use. In other yes. words, make money from yes. it. And I totally disagree with that. I, I, I'm I a liberal arts guy. Yeah. And, and I think that... Uh, being um, renaissance thinking in all the different ways informs all these different Mm. things and uh, and it really makes you better at what you do and ultimately you'll have you know you'll have a very successful um, and engaged life and uh, so I'm I I think that's one of the big the big things that uh, the one of the larger trends that I think is most troubling to me is the decline of the value of the liberal arts, mm. and uh, you know whether it's from the classics, mm-hmm. on, you know now we're supposed to you know we basically turn liberal arts schools into trade uh, schools. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it, yeah. You're to that... have a business degree, right? You yes, know, uh, it's no different than going to mechanic school. Yes, you, know, you you have to come out with a career. Well. Oh, you know what I've had you know as I mentioned, I've had like four careers now, and oh. they've all been great they've all they've all sort of had some commonality to them and
0: and fed each other think, in different ways yep, yep that is that is so inspiring to me because i I do I have the conversations I have with uh with other younger musicians coming up to me and saying, well, you know, I just feel like such a failure because I have this degree in music and now I'm working in a business that has nothing to do with it. And I've never really known what to say yeah. because we <clears throat> look at life as a trajectory of I start this and this is where the rest of my life, the direction it goes. And if it changes at all, we think of ourselves as a, as a failure yeah. in our first initial trajectory. Uh, but now you've given me something to say, which is, no, How how has what you learned there fed you. How mm-hmm. did it set you up to be more successful at what you're doing now? Right. And that, to me, gives freedom to say, oh, my next venture, my next passion could, right. doesn't have to be my last, Right. but it will inform the rest of me and make me a better, wholly-round yeah. person.
1: Yeah, and that definitely fits into the... You know, you don't go to work at 3 m. when you're 22 and retire at 63, and you've had that one job. Yeah, you have to get the golden watch. That the yeah. world's gone think, anyway. Yeah. People are changing. their yeah. jumping careers. Yeah. They jump the career track. Yes, they, you know, they change completely from yes. one thing to another, and that makes us all more interesting.
0: Yes. Oh man. Oh, this has been great. Yeah. If so, okay. Yeah, if someone wants it. to. Uh, if someone wants to reach out, if, they, if when they hear this, if they want to find you mm-hmm. online, yeah. uh, what is
1: a website people uh, can look up to? It's the Wildlife Rehab Center of Minnesota. Our website okay. is wrcmn.org okay and that's our website and if they want to find me personally in our staff listing yeah. there's a direct link to me for yeah. sending an email so oh, thank yeah. you for yeah. spending time no, with this me i feel interesting.
0: I, I have been this is such a pleasure for me yeah uh yeah. it's a pleasure I, for me because oh.
1: I, I was interested in when tammy sent me that um, yes and i said boy this looks kind of this looks interesting yeah yeah
0: Right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. <laughs> Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is The Rob Morgan. At the Rob Morgan, whatever. You you you, you know the drill. Alright, enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness?
2: I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more.
0: That's all. All right, that's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap. All right, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it.
2: I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.